Hey, welcome back. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and this is LGBTQ&A, where we get to know different members of the LGBTQ community. Today, I'm talking to Our Lady J. Our Lady J is a writer on Transparent. She's also a very accomplished musician. Stay tuned. Hey there. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited to talk. I've admired your um, episodes on Transparent for a while. Oh, thank you. exciting. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Transparent, so you are the first trans person to write for the show. Yes. I know that it is hard to say because we've not always kept track, but does that make you one of the first trans people to write for TV in general? Um, uh, well... Out transness, closeted transness, stealth transness, you know, it's really hard to measure. And I really, I don't know, I don't like the the competitive nature of, like, first. But technically, uh, I'm the first trans person to write on a show about um, trans identities. Okay. I think that's a, a, a big win, though. I, you know, for us. For the community, yeah, yeah, that it's actually happening. I mean, the fact that it took so long to happen, I don't know if that's a win, but um, I'm glad it's happening finally. Yeah, I just think that we, uh, it's kind of an amazing time to be alive because we are having all these firsts and they are small achievements, but they, like I said, like they're they're big wins. But yeah. it also feels like that's kind of like, oh, oh wow, we're, we're only here now. Exactly, yeah, I mean... I'm. I will be 39 in like a week and a half, and finally stopped lying about my age. Wikipedia has the wrong date. I don't know how they said I'm 31, <laughs> but um, for me, as a trans person who's been out, I've, I transitioned like 12 years ago. It's felt so slow, um, but for the world to be watching the birth of trans identities in pop culture, it is a big moment. It is. Yeah. Well, why did you recently stop lying about your age? Um, Because I look so damn good. I mean, really. (laughs) That's a good reason. That's the best reason. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. (laughs) Um, Speaking of gender, you identify as agender. Is that correct? You know, when did I say that? You said that like six months ago. Okay, well, times have changed. It's (laughs) been a long six months. Um, No, I I have... I identify as gender nonconforming, um, which and gender fluid. So, so my fluidity, um, I reserve the right to explore all areas of the spectrum of gender. Yeah, and I think you're allowed to forever. Yeah, forever. Right. But technically, if I were to say like, okay, um, what would I put on my tombstone? I am a trans woman. Okay. Um, I mean, you present very, very femininely. Do you prefer uh, she, her pronouns? Yes, please. Okay. I just don't want to... Uh, when I heard agender, I was like, oh, like, should I use gender initial pronouns? Yeah, I mean, the agender, I, I enjoy... Um, removing gender from the conversation at any moment that I can because um, being trans you do like talk about it so much and you do think about it so much and I have spent so much money in therapy (laughs) that like it's just nice to have a conversation that doesn't involve gender but obviously for LGBTQ awareness I love talking about it okay we're gonna tell me when you get tired of it and we'll change the subject let's talk about it let's (laughs) go um I, I, okay, well, tell me this. You, you've said that you wrote a short story to um, get the job on Transparent because you were not writing for TV at that point. Correct. About growing up in an Amish community. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've heard you tell that story about writing the short story, but do you mind telling what it was based on in your life? Yeah. Um, well, so in my community, there were 200 people in my village. Um, there wasn't even a post office or a gas station or, or anything around. Um, and so it was a mix of Amish, Mennonite, and evangelical Christians and hillbillies. And we were, my family was a mix of like all of that. We were um, ex Mennonite, we were evangelical, and we were hillbillies. Um, and so um, the Amish community, however, was very separate um, from everyone else. Um, we, we otherized Amish people in, in our family, you know. There was always talk about, oh, they're so weird, they smell different. You know, just like in, in any community that um, encounters segregation, it's like um, there was this barrier between um, Amish people and my family, which were evangelical ex-Mennonite, which they're pretty much all the same, really, if you like broaden out and look at the, the core values. The, the values are very similar. And so... Um, the only time I interacted with the Amish were was at Walmart, because um, everyone shopped at Walmart, and you had to drive 30 miles to get there. Uh, so I was in the electronics section at Walmart when I was 15, um, maybe 14, and there was this Amish boy who was the same age as me, and the Amish boys always went to the electronics section while the women did the shopping for, you know, the basic necessities. And um, we, like, met eyes, and I felt seen by him in a way that I hadn't felt seen by my family. I, um, it was a young uh, sexuality. There was, there was this, like, attraction where we, we met eyes. And, um, you know, as an LGBT youth, we don't have it. Well, at my age, it went... At 39, I'm going to say it again. Back in those days, like, we didn't, like, date at 15, you know? You waited until you left the house, until it was safe to be queer, and then you came out, and then you dated. But I think um, at that age, that's the age where kids want to... You want to go out to a movie with your boyfriend or something, you know, sweet and innocent. And um, that's what it was. It was just... It was a moment. And so I wrote about... um, this moment where I felt seen and um, my femininity. Um, I, I was always presented femme, whether I was conscious of it or not. And um, and usually when I would see other boys my age, it would be a reaction of, what is that? Is that a boy or is that a girl? My pronoun was shim, which, like, driving here, like, on Lancashire Boulevard, I always think that. I'm like, ah, oh, shim. That was my pronoun. And my nickname was Liberace. So, like, there was no hiding of the femininity. Um, and it off, I encountered violence because of it. I encountered a lot of um, hatred and misunderstanding. But in this moment, it was really something sweet and pure. And that's what the short story was about. Wow. That's amazing that it was a, a like an unspoken moment that touched you so deeply. Yeah. It gave me hope, you know, any any moment that I had that wasn't violent, um, sadly, um, meant so much to me. Um, there was so much negativity uh, growing up um, around puberty um, with my transness and with my queerness that um, those moments stuck with me for life. Yeah, and you also just don't think of the Amish as being accepting of gender nonconformity. Yeah, well, actually, um, I went and I stayed with an Amish family this summer for a week. Um, 
and uh, because I'm writing a pilot uh, based on the short story about my transness within the Amish community. And they're surprisingly uh, accepting of a lot of things. Really? Yeah. That's, that's shocking to me. Well, I think like most uh, Americans, they they get all of the information from the newspapers, which are mostly conservative. So they have ideas about transness that are false based on the conservative media. Um, and I, I know the conservatives like to say that the media is liberal, but, you know, that's all debatable. Um, what we do know is that there are a lot of untruths being told um, about trans lives. And so... Um, like anyone, you know, they, they believe those until they see different. And uh, being a trans person and going into an Amish community, um, once they see that you're a human being and that you're a kind person and a caring person and you're not there to, like, steal their children and ke- rape their women. <laughs> like, in, in the bathroom. In the bathroom, specifically. Yeah. Uh, once they see that, you know, there's there's a lot of... Um, I don't know. There's love prevails. I really do believe at the end of the day that love prevails. Wow. Are you? Were you the first trans person that I'd met? Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because okay, it's going to spoil my pilot. Uh, okay. And I okay. Want okay. Everyone to wait. I, <laughs> sure. 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 <laughs> I, I. Well, I just uh, to generalize. I imagine that if somebody growing up in a community like that is trans, they, they move away. Yeah. They, that's that's what used to happen. Yeah. But um, thank God for the internet now. That doesn't happen as much. Um, where you know trans people would all move to the city uh, because that was the only place you met other people like you. But now um, kids are finding each other online and and uh, creating uh, communities online where they don't have to move away. Um, unfortunately, there still is a lot of violence towards uh, those kids and and misunderstanding. But I think it is getting better. Yeah, and and moving to the city, you you did that as well. I did. Well, I I did it in a really weird roundabout way. Would you like to hear my story? <laughs> I'd love to hear anything. <laughs> well, uh, the thing that kept me from doing my chores and also kept me from being bullied was um, I my parents got a piano when I was four years old, and I wouldn't stop pounding on it. And so they gave me piano lessons with this like ancient woman for like $4 a lesson. And um, I got really good at the piano because... When I was at the piano, it was my solace, and and I didn't have to shovel cow shit, and I didn't um, get bullied in school when I would perform. Everyone was like, oh, this person has talent. So that led me to go to school in Michigan. I went to Interlochen Arts Academy, oh, yeah. and uh, which is where Michael Arden went, a mutual friend of ours. Uh, and that led me to college, which led me to New York. So I did move to the city uh, via arts education. Okay, because uh, looking at your life, <laughs> growing up in an Amish community, moving to New York City, now LA, uh, in between that, you're you know you're a classical musician. You were touring with Sia, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, and now you're writing for television on a massive show. There, gender aside, there have been many many transitions in your life. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's an exciting. Did I misrepresent? <laughs> no, no, you're correct. You're correct. It's like many, like you said, exciting things that you've done. Yeah, I don't like being bored. That's <laughs> something that you'll know about me if you know me for more than five minutes. Okay. I just think that what other piano player on a, a tour of the, one of the biggest superstars in the world, like Asia, can join a writer's room in Hollywood? Well, it was 
it was hard because I, I love Sia, um, but I had to quit the job for Transparent. Um, and I love music, uh, but I knew that with music, there was there's really a glass ceiling that is so thick right now for trans people um, that television, there, there was more opportunity for a trans voice um, based on my experience um, in the music business out here. Uh, one of the first things I heard when I... Um, gave my demo to music execs was that nobody wants to hear a tranny sing sad songs and that was like from the mouth of a a music professional and I was like well I'm not gonna make dance music I'm fucking depressed you know like my heroes were Tori Amos and Rufus Wainwright and Tom Waits and Nina Simone like uh, and they wanted me to do a Lady Gaga act and and that's what what I encountered over and over again. And yet on television, um, shows like Transparent, Orange is the New Black were being made. And so I knew that I could put my talents to use somewhere where they were going to be utilized. And maybe eventually I'll go back to music. But for now, uh, good riddance to the music business. Oh, wow. Even when you were not uh, the main act, like just playing piano, mm-hmm. w- was your transition issue then as well? Yeah, for sure. When I was in New York, I was playing, um, I was really killing it, if I might say so. Please. I was playing, you know, Carnegie Hall, American Ballet Theater, Alvin Ailey, uh, Mark Morris Dance Group. Um, all so these, the biggest places. The biggest places. Um, and what happened, a lot of those places were very accepting when I transitioned. Um, so I started transitioning in 2005, 2006. I had been in New York since 2000, so I spent five years presenting mail, and literally all I had to do was knock on the door of a Broadway show and give them my resume, and they'd be like, oh, come sit in the pit and, you know, maybe play a show or two. And uh, that's how I, I I got into the music business in New York. I, I literally knocked on doors. And then when I transitioned, um, I stopped getting the calls, and it was very strange um, that my abilities didn't change. Actually, I got better at, I became a better musician. I felt like I became more expressive. I had more focus um, because I was starting to live my authentic life and I was less distracted with this inner tor- turmoil. And um, and the, the, the business started drying up. I, I, I lost a lot of work. And, um, and it was never really talked about. Here's the thing about uh, discri- discrimination and systemic oppression is that it's rarely manifests its head in, in a way that is so blunt. It's it's mostly um, this like sinister, underlying, unspoken thing. And so um, there was one moment that really did it for me where I was um, I, I don't want to be too specific. I'll put it in my autobiography someday but there was I was I auditioned for this this gig and um at the time I had uh I was playing for another gig and um I had a there was an associate there um who I was working with and we both went out for uh this audition and um they had accepted like 10 people for this. So it wasn't just like, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard of a thing to get into basically. And when I went into the audition, um, as a trans person, they looked at me and literally their mouths just like dropped. And, um, and I played the audition, I killed it. And they all looked at each other like, what is this person? Like, is this 
and then I, I heard people talking about things like this when I would go into rooms. Is she a drag queen? Is she like, what is she presenting? Because there wasn't this knowledge of like transness. So like people couldn't even hear my music when I would enter the room. They would just see this like strangeness that they didn't know about. So um, I didn't get the part and I talked to my colleague about it and um, and she said that her audition went completely different, like where they were like open and friendly from, from the beginning. So I knew that I had a lot of work to do um, in my my art. And I knew that music, I couldn't just go into a room and for people to hear my music. I had to make identity part of my art. And so that's why writing became much more appealing to me because identity is such a part of it. And it's a narrative that you can um, speak about where piano, there aren't words. And while you can reach people's hearts with music and um, pull at the emotional strings, um, if you if they can't even listen to that, like, what's the point? So I, kn- I knew I had to change paths. I'm sorry. That's well. It I, turned out okay. Yeah, it did. I, so, are you, are you saying that, like you, uh, one of your albums had like the song like "Portrait of a Man" and it's about identity? Picture of a man. Excuse me, picture That's of a man. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that because you're saying in order to be heard, you had to speak about identity? And well, the song um, itself actually was inspired by um, um, HIV and AIDS and this. Um, and, and gender became a part of it, but it's mostly about HIV/AIDS, and it's about this um, presentation of masculinity and what that does for uh, someone in society. Um, for what it's about privilege and it's about um, assumptions of privilege and also um, boxes of privilege um, and uh, the gender thing uh, came that was secondhand. It was mostly about like having to be healthy um, in order to like be a part of the system. And it's a fuck the system kind of song. Okay. That seems like kind of your MO. (laughs) Fuck the system. Yeah. Well, get inside the system and change it, I think is more of where I'm operating from right now. Yeah. When you sit down to, or sat down to write a song versus when you're sitting down to write a episode of television, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you're using that same part of your brain? Yeah, for sure. It's all storytelling. And um, storytelling, it's not only presenting your experience, but it's also acknowledging the audience and where they're at and what they need to hear and how you need to present it in order for them to hear it. And I think uh, that's why I work so well with TV, because it is such a a mass audience. Um, And I I love communicating with people. I, I, I love people. I love human beings and and so to to acknowledge what people are going through in their lives and what I'm going through and how we can meet in the middle and what stories we can tell and how we can reflect um, humanity and each other um, I think that's the most fun yeah and when you were saying too like meeting people where they're at I I think one of the reasons I enjoy Transparent so much is because you are giving the Trans 101 to people but you are also giving 301 and 501 you know <laughs> we're getting advanced courses it's nice that we can finally move on to advanced courses because there is a knowledge of transness yes even when I went into the Amish community I asked them you know I was like do you know what transgender is and they're like yeah of course like 
everyone knows what transgender is right now, the word, what the word is, which is much different from five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah, that happened fast. It happened, yeah, well, it, it was a lot of work to get there, and then <laughs> yeah. and then it tipped. Well, and I think that we see that, too, in Hollywood, because there was a massive learning curve that kind of happened in the last, like, two years almost, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are learning that they need to have trans people uh, behind the camera, if you want to tell the story, yeah. and as well as playing the parts. Yes. And I think that like Dallas Buyers Club and things like that, people were like, oh, darn it. Like, we thought we were being helpful. Right, totally. <laughs> and I don't think, I think most people, I I mean, I can't get inside people's heads. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. But I don't think people have bad intentions for the most part um, in Hollywood. And I know that's, like, controversial to say. I think people want to get it right, and, and people are trying to get it right. And um, we're starting to get it right. Yeah, yeah, we are. One of my favorite things that you posted, um, I don't know what it was, but it was a picture of yourself pre-transition, and you said, is there a word for crushing on yourself (laughs) pre-transition? And I love that, because, yes, we're allowed to love ourselves at any age. We are allowed to love ourselves at any age. I didn't even realize, like, how... If I, if I may say, like, how beautiful I was, like, as a human being, there was just so much pain and suffering going on, and um, I didn't have anything to reflect on. I didn't have a mirror in the media to say, like, this is you, and this is okay, and this is beautiful. There was so much self-hatred going on. And now, all these years later, I look back and I see, like, look at the collagen in that skin, honey. Oh, my God what I would do for that collagen again. <laughs> it's it's amazing that you're able to see that finally, right? Like yeah. 39, 39 years in. Let's sure. keep repeating it. <laughs> 39. Well, we're going to live to be 115, they're saying. So, like, uh, that's, we, we might as well get to love ourselves as soon as we can. Who's saying that? Science. Oh, really? That's where we're going, yeah. Oh, God. We have some work to do. I don't know. With with the picture of yourself though, like there's so many, there's like there's a trans narrative, um, the, the people think right. When in reality, sure. there's not a single trans narrative. Um, sure, of course. And part of that narrative is that like you quote unquote like hate the old you. You you know you hate pictures of right. yourself, etc. Well, that's because bad movies and bad TV shows yeah. have, have taught us that trans people hate themselves and but it's very complicated um just with any other identity it's not i didn't hate every moment of my childhood i had many beautiful moments you know the piano was one of those things that i just loved but you know there was an excruciating amount of pain for sure but um i think when we can move past the pain and forgive and do what we can to make sure that that pain doesn't happen in other people that's when we really learn to love um our past as well yeah uh, i don't not to ask like a hacky question but sure. like what do you like say to like the young like gender nonconformers who are like not at this point yet of loving themselves like how do they get there oh gosh it makes me so sad to think about um I, as cheesy as it is, it gets better, you know? It really does. Hold on, girl. I'm here doing the work. There are a lot of people doing the work uh, to make it better. And um, the world is big. Life is long. Um, Try to hold on to the things that you love. I love that. It is, uh, yeah, we're talking about good things. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, like, help, like, tell trans stories that are not negative, you know? Yeah. And I think that we can't only hear about trans people when it is something bad. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, and I don't want to like look over the things that are bad and I don't want to look over the barriers. But when you're in that moment, like um, to give specifics about how to get us past a barrier, you know, um, I think can be very frustrating. It's like all I want to hear in that moment is that I'm okay and and you are okay. And I think when you hear all that, right? I, um, t- t- I'm making assumptions, so tell me if they're wrong. But like, I'm thinking about like the Amish community. I think they probably hear a lot of negative stories about trans people. Is that correct? They do. They do. They hear a lot of negative people about trans people, but they also hear a lot of negative people about uh, stories about like technology. So um, like, you know, everything is is filtered through uh, the media, which is why we have such an important job to do here, um, what we're doing right now, and, and you know, telling stories in Hollywood um, to really uh, take down the negative stories that have been told. Yeah, because they are they're, they're out there as yeah. well. And technology isn't evil as well. This, this <laughs> I really wanted to get like so deep with this Amish family, but at one moment I realized I couldn't go too deep because um, I was talking to the father patriarch about technology and he said he had met someone recently who took a photograph with his phone and sent it to his girlfriend in California over his phone and he could not grasp that this had happened, that this was like a reality to take a photo with your phone and send it. And he said, and it took minutes for it to get there. And I said, no, it probably took seconds for the <laughs> Like, he could not grasp that, uh, that this had happened. And then I realized at this point in the conversation, even about my transness, if I had gone to a more molecular uh, aspect of what it's like to be trans, that his mind would have exploded. So I'm... I'm taking baby steps with my communication with the Amish community. Sure. I imagine him telling that story at, like, every dinner party he's totally, gone to. Totally, totally. Like a cell phone. You would not believe what happened today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Wow. You, um, you once wrote that when you were younger, you you left your body. What did you mean by that? Um, I checked out. Okay. I just completely checked out. You know, you can grab a... a carton of Oreos and check out. That's what I did. I just checked out in every way that I could. Food, um, uh, alcohol, drugs, like everything. I just completely checked out. And I checked out for until I was about 24. Like right before I started transitioning, um, it got really bad because checking out doesn't really work. You can't really survive when you're checked out. Um, and so I, yeah, I became addicted and, um, I got sober initially in 2003 and that's when the trans stuff started popping up because I knew that I was going to die if I continued using, um, but I didn't know how to live yet. And so I, I started seeking a more spiritual path and also uh, therapy and health. Um, doctors became my friends instead of my enemies because every time I had seen a doctor, I just thought that male-female box, like I could not check a box. Like it killed me to go to a doctor's office and to talk about um, what was between my legs or like gender identity or anything. And so I decided they had to make friends with that. And um, when I did, then it it became very obvious that I needed to transition, that that was the next step. Oh, wow. 
Uh, did, were, you, were you, like, looking back in your life and, like, connecting dots of, like, oh, this is what that meant? Oh, totally. Okay. I'm like, I didn't know why I was checking out in the moment. I just knew that I didn't want to feel the pain that I was feeling. It was too much. Um, everything that I encountered was too much. Um, and then as I started peeling away the layers of, like, okay, well, this is obviously why I was in pain, um, it, the gender became the center of of that um, the reason to check out. That's so fascinating because it sounds like too the people in your life around you like recognized it. Like you said, we were saying like people like would they like pick on you? I think did you say I don't want to like yeah. put words in your mouth. But like people, um, there was like violence around it because of your there like was. ambiguous gender at certain times, um, which because is fascinating. Femininity, I yeah, you're like in any uh, and I hear this with a lot of gay men as well, and it's something that I think um, a lot of trans women share with gay men, even though like we're different in our identities, um, is that any sort of femininity in a masculine presenting body is uh, shamed in our society. Uh, it's get, and that's getting a lot better, thank God. Yeah, I mean, you talking about losing jobs in New York for. Uh, art killed me because we think uh, as a gay man that is like the most open place in the world for me right. like I'm never going to find a more accepting place well and, and I think it was it was uh, uh, gay men who did a lot of the discriminating um they didn't understand it and I think a lot of times when people live in a box of um like, I'm trans, so, like, oh, I must understand everything about race. Or I'm gay, so I must understand everything about transness. That's just not true. Like, even though you have faced discrimination, you still have to stay woke to other people's um, trials and, and tribulations, yeah. if I may say so. Yeah. And be- because, like, our communities have been intertwined for so long, I think, like, like you're saying, it's easy to assume we face the exact same struggles. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of why I'm a love that... Um, you took your name from the book Our, Our Lady of the Flowers. Yeah. Because 1940s France or Germany, France? Uh, France. France. Mm-hmm. That it was right, that someone was writing about queer people and trans people. Yes. From prison, honey. Jean it was Genet. from prison? From prison. Jean Genet wrote this book, Our Lady of the Flowers, from prison. It is um, such a beautiful work of, it's a, it's basically a 400-page poem, and a lot of it is... It's a tough read. Um, but it kept him... He created these characters to keep himself company. And um, they were queer, and they were weirdos, and they were criminals, and they were just, like, all lumped into the same group of otherness. And um, that he celebrated the beauty and the pain, and it's... A lot of it isn't joyful it's it's a very dark read um but i was reading that right as i was transitioning and i didn't know what name i was going to choose uh for my female name on my uh, driver's license and so i just uh took our lady and then jay was my birth name and jay is my um legal female name as well jana is my legal name and this is liberace by the way can we say hi to liberace for everybody listening liberace uh, uh is lady j's dog is here to say hi uh wait so what do your friends call you are they call you lady j lady j okay. j jana people call me jana but um i don't know i love queering names i love that like jana is so cisnormative and like i want i needed a cisnormative name on my driver's license so i thought actually you don't need a fucking cisnormative name on it put whatever the fuck you want on your driver's license you know do you, do you not legally actually need something like like was can you put our lady jana on, on an id if you um, want if i wanted to yeah. oh that's fantastic mm-hmm. i so i mean did that 
Arlie J is not a stage name. It's like it's you, right? It's, yeah, it's your name. I love having all these. Now that like I'm doing what I do in Hollywood, like I have. Um, the Television Academy card says Our Lady J. My um, Writers Guild card says Our Lady J. Um, uh, you know, Paramount Studios. Like, I have all these IDs that say Our Lady J. And that's the fuck the system for me. <laughs> is that it's not... I'm not a cis person entering your space. I am trans and I am proud. Yes. And leading with that, right? Yeah. Leading with a name. I, I think that, too, we're in, like, an exciting... like age where like people are able to say that like yes like yes i'm trans absolutely yes exactly because people couldn't always do that um mainly like for safety reasons yeah you know and i know a lot of trans people are keeping their birth name as well because they're like fuck you this is who i was born i don't need to change my name just because you got my gender wrong (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's beautiful there's a really strong community right now of trans women Mm-hmm. Uh, collect like mainly in the media that we see, but like obviously outside of the media. Uh, how did you find that community? Um, oh wow! I met my first um, trans friend in a. Okay, there were three trans women who are really important to me. Um, three firsts. Uh, one, Jane County. I played CBGBs with Jane County. Do you know Jane County? I don't. She's a legendary punk musician. She's so major. She was in the 70s um, rocking it. And, like, um, a lot of... paved the way for a, a lot of punk rockers, not even cis people, but trans... Um, or not even just trans people, but cis people. So I played um, CBGBs with her, and I had never met a trans person before and I thought what the fuck I had seen RuPaul on TV and I thought maybe RuPaul was trans because her and Michelle Visage had joked on VH1 do you remember their VH1 show I I know of it I talk to Michelle about this all the time and remind her like they were joking about like getting their tits in Mexico like both of them and I had no idea they were kidding I was like okay RuPaul got her tits in Mexico how does that happen I'm going to bookmark that. I'm going to survive my childhood first, and then I'm going to come back to that. And so when it came back to that, um, I hadn't ever seen someone in person who had changed their body um, to align with their gender. And then I met Jane County, and I was like, okay, I love, love, love you. I want to be more like you. Um, And then I met a person in recovery uh, who was trans, and so that was my first, like, non-stage presentation of what transness looked like of what like transness looked like in a day-to-day person and um, we became friends and I started seeing myself in her um, and then um, the third person uh, I already talked about uh, RuPaul yeah so oh. those three did you know RuPaul personally um, not until oh. I went on and worked on RuPaul's Drag Race oh was he just aware of your work um I don't know. We've oh. never talked about that. Okay. Yeah. Please do for me. Follow up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fascinating. Yeah. Because uh, at that time, uh, where were you in the careers of Our Lady J? <laughs> were you a ca- like singing cabarets? Yeah. Yeah, I was just doing cabarets, and I went on for um, two of the music challenges. I accompanied the girls um, in season six and season seven oh, for the musical challenges. Um, and I was just doing like a lot of accompanying at the time. I was playing for Sia, but I had also... I, you know, played for uh, 
I, I don't know. You can read my resume if you want on the internet. I don't like You're avoiding about. name dropping. I, I am. Like I don't it. want to name drop. You're the first person ever. <laughs> this is LA. Come on. <laughs> no, yeah. Legends. We'll just say up. legends. Yeah, actually, like literal legends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think that that is an amazing place to end it on. Cool. These three people. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for being here. If people want to find out more about you, should we send them to your social media? Your yeah. Instagrams are exciting. My Instagram is popping. <laughs> Go to Our Lady J. Just the letter J. Fantastic. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. And if you guys want to suggest any future guests, we'd love to hear from that. Uh, tweeting at me is the easiest way to do that. I tweet from Jeff Masters one And we'll see you back next week. Goodbye. Awesome. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 